Welcome everybody. Today we are joined by Paula M. Once again, another voice in the Royal Commentary channels and we're going to be diving into some of the wonderful topics that have been coming to life on Meghan and Harry this week and really just keeping keeping you informed on on these two because they've never they, people can't get enough of this content so here we are and we're going to deliver some more so how are you today Paula how's things been since the last time we've seen each other thank you thank you first of all thank you for having me Ron it's really really great to be here with you uh, yes, I'm doing okay. I mean, there's so much going on right now. It's not even funny anymore. It's kind of weird, you know, that you would think that with the coronation, things would settle down. Yeah, do you know, I think there's a there's a there's an illness with these two where they never fail to deliver. You know, it, it just seems to be one thing after another. We had the infamous hike that Megan went on with Diana's bracelet and I think hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of jewelry on, and again. You've got to keep in mind, someone has to tell the press where she's going to be, you know, and Megan has always been an expert at making sure that the press don't miss a photo opportunity. And that's some of the thing that we're going to touch on in just a minute. This, this is this is this was just on the 15th of May. I don't know if you heard about this. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry go on a fun outing with Gwyneth Paltrow, Cameron Diaz in first pick since coronation. I mean, the, oh, yeah, but the, the funny thing is there's no picture of Cameron Diaz or Gwyneth Paltrow, by the way. Well, um, it's, so this is this has just been put out, but it's mostly BS. This is their their PR machine trying to make you know, let people to think that Gwyneth Paltrow will meet with Mega Markle and Cameron Diaz like they're in a big project. If they were out there, they would have gotten the pictures out. They, they didn't get it. Actually, the, the the person that she is, it's um, Mindy Kaling. Oh, yeah. from The Office. Yeah, I, remember, I know Mindy Kaling. Yeah. She yeah, okay. Min yeah. Mindy yeah. Kaling, yeah. Apparently, she is doing a show with her or a program or something like that. Okay. It's not a podcast. It's, it's like a full show that they're going to do. Oh. Yeah. But she's, I mean, she's not an A-lister. No A-lister wants to be linked to Meghan Markle. Yeah, she fell true. out with the lady from Netflix, the director with the A-lister from uh, Netflix. She said, oh, you know, I would have gone in a separate direction if I, you know, trying to imply that she had no control over what was put out on the Netflix thing. Okay. Which is BS, because she was an executive producer. Exactly. I think anyone who thinks that Megan didn't have control over anything that's gone on in Megan's life, I think needs to question that because Megan is a narcissist and a control freak, if nothing else. 100%. I actually had a video of her. She did um, an interview before she was known anywhere. In one of the interviews, she was told that whenever she gets involved in something, she needs to have complete control because it's her name going out there. Do you think that the, the PR machine that's behind her and this new brand that she's trying to establish, TV shows, all the rest of it, do you think this is just more separation from Harry and preparedness from stepping away from that marriage? Or do you think that she's got her, her, her claws well and truly into Harry and wants to ride this out? Or do you think it's a sign that she wants to step away from, from what they have? Well, the funny thing is that nobody wants to meet close with her. I don't know if you saw this article with her uh, going to eat sushi with Harry. It's, it was just now. This is where she supposedly met with Cameron Diaz. And, okay, and right. Yeah, I'm with you. 
it's so it's it's supposed to be there. But Harry went along. Harry's opening the door with a head full of hair now. You know? Okay. She needs to have Harry because at the end of the day, nobody wants to hang out with her. They want to hang out with the prince. I mean, let's not forget that Harry was able to sleep over at Courtney Cox's home without knowing her just because he's Prince Harry. He's too much of a keystone in establishing the career path that she wants. Yeah, like, like the things that things haven't turned out for her the way she thought they would. I really, know many people disagree with me. I have a firm belief that she put him in such an impossible situation by, back in 2020, hoping that he would stay behind. And then she would take off to America and be the, the wife, you know, and use the racism thing and even blame his butt. Because if you think about it, in that Oprah interview, he said she said that Harry didn't help her. She didn't say Harry didn't help her. She said nobody helped her. I mean, she said the idiot sitting right next to her. And so it is my opinion that she wanted to get rid of him and it was a big letdown for her when you actually to America with her. I don't think she was counting on that. She thought, oh, I'll go back to the States. I'd say how racist everybody was, how racist Harry was, and and then, you know, how terrible things were. And then Harry's behind there, so I'm going to say that he abandoned me, but it didn't turn out that way. Do you think there's been a lot of rumours about uh, Meghan's celebrity friends stepping away from her, Oprah... You know the the the, the knock-on effect of the the Oprah interview. Do you think that Gwyneth Paltrow and individuals like that would even want to associate with the, the future business of the 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 blog that she's trying to bring back in? I mean, she's she said publicly that she wants a business her business to turn bigger than Gwyneth Paltrow. So it seems weird that they'd be throwing Gwyneth Paltrow out there as a a name that they were seen with. Do you not do you not think that? She's maybe trying to... What is the name of her blog? What is the name of her stupid the blog? The TIG. The TIG. That's it. She wants to turn the TIG into the same thing as Gloop. Which Goop. Is, yeah, exactly. Um, Goop. Do you think this is just propaganda almost to make the, pub the public believe that Gwyneth Paltrow and Megan are, are, are friends or bonding or, or, or something since she made these statements about Goop? I don't think... I mean, no. First off, this is the kind of woman who likes to pop out. Yeah. For example, he just for Mother's Day, no acknowledgement of her own mother. And then suddenly this lady who lost her nine-year-old boy, who still has his twin sisters named Lily left alive, posts this thing on Instagram, how great Meghan Markle is for Mother's Day. Meghan Markle is a complete narcissist. And Gwyneth Paltrow is a narcissist too. It's not like they're both going to share. And when a culture is not going to belittle her image. Yeah. You know, or the value of her image by associating herself to Meghan Markle. They're both narcissists. And Gwyneth Paltrow's a narcissist, you know? And Gwyneth Paltrow does really high and expensive. I mean, one of the candles is like $500. <laughs> like that. Oh, I've, I've watched the whole series on Netflix about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. So if you've not looked into Goop and you've not seen the Netflix series on Goop, it breaks down, you, you know... Anti-energy anti vampire serum. <laughs> now listen, if we're talking about going down to a crystal shop, getting yourself a little tincture that somebody said will keep the energy vampires away for a couple of bucks, I'm not, I'm not going to quibble with that. 
But when you've got somebody in the mainstream pushing products like this for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but luckily, I think the majority of the people who go shopping on Goop are really, really rich, eccentric people from California and around America. I don't really think she's drilling into a young market who's, you know, shelling out their pocket money on their on her products. Um, so, you know, if you believe these things work, that that's great. But uh, I just stick with my garlic for when it comes to the vampire, the anti-vampire. I mean, why would you uh, be remedies. hanging around places where you need a vampire repellent? It's an ener it's energy <laughs> vampires, which is a way of saying yeah, like, do it. <laughs> like people that just bore you to the point they suck the energy out of you. It's it's fascinating. But hey, listen, you know, she's made millions from it. So we can sit yeah. here and criticize all we want. But those m numbers don't lie. I can't I don't see. see. I don't see Meghan Markle. I don't see Gwyneth. Do if you look at Meghan Markle, she, she invested in that coffee thing that it turns out that it has a lot of lead. They got a lead warning from the United States food uh, thing. Yeah. Um, they were packaged and pro produced in, in this horrible town in China where they abuse women where the women are mistreated horribly. Um, and yeah, and it's filled with lead. And it's a, she's always the biggest investor. Yeah. She's the biggest star. If you think about it, it's like when she reached out to the children's teen suicide hotline, which is very little known, so she's the big fish. Because A-listers, why isn't she doing something with Serena Williams? With Oprah? She's taking Ozempic, by the way, apparently which is that diet pill where Oprah is one of the biggest investors because Oprah owns Weight Watcher or is one of the biggest stock oh, wow. um, okay. owners of Weight Watchers, you know? And yet she's, she is the representative and Weight Watchers is one of the main producers of Ozempic. This drug, uh, weight loss drugs is going on and clearly Meghan Markle is taking, you know, what, so. What, just, just to talk about Meghan Markle's appearance for a minute. I've been editing Meghan, Meghan Markle's face for thumbnails now for a long time. I feel like I know ca characteristics and uh, and features. What is going on with this? Her face now, like her whole face seems to have changed. Her nose is different. There was a whole people discussing about her having a nose job, and that's where she disappeared to. Did you did you hear anything about this? Do you have anything to to, to point it out on that? Really, yeah, it's, it's. I think that her biggest thing though. Yeah, she has done stuff to the nose. And she did something now because she has even less space between her top upper lip and her thing and, and, used, and the thing that she has. She used to have like like her a girl like a, not even round, but like a girl's next door, like cheeks and like it wasn't round, but it was definitely not as as it is now. It's very defined. And I I'm not criticizing. Maybe she's you know maybe it was just the way the photo was taken. And she did an interview with Tom Raw. She just landed in Paris. And the guys asked her, do you think that she set up the papua? And I can see her not asking about who which is fair. She goes, well, but the guy goes and says, I don't think she did. The paps, the paps were waiting for her for days. And anyway, are these guys bad grade? You know how long it takes for them? They go to Santa Barbara. That means that they're not in LA where there's a lot of actors that are actually well known and they can make money of them selling the pictures, right? Yeah. So that means that they have to drive almost basically spending the whole day to get a picture of Meghan Markle. So my take on that is that either they did go, but of course they knew exactly where to go because this is a parking lot somewhere. So it's not like she went on a public place or something like that. 
And number two, either she they went there and took the pictures because they're awfully close. If you see them, I mean, this is not a long lens. I am a photographer. This is not a long lens thing, you know, because you can tell when it's a long lens. This is pretty close up. I mean, and the and the and the, and the bodyguard is just standing around looking like an idiot. And then, uh, so she either had the pictures taken by somebody, and then she sold them to Backgrid. Or she had Blackbird come and take the pictures. For me, I believe it's the, it's the first one that she has the pictures taken and she sells it to different people because Blackbird is not going to take a whole day. Pop is not going to take a whole day where he could be taking pictures of Kim Kardashian or, you know, Leo or whatever hanging around. And those pictures actually sell in the United States because everybody knows it. But it's funny how this guy, you know, who works for Hollywood, goes, oh, I don't think so. I think they were waiting for her for days because she's not famous. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's definitely um, dial-a-pap is what Megan is renowned for, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, again, one, one of the most random things for the whole coronation was, of course, the whole Megan in disguise story. I finally found <laughs> that one here. Um, so I had uh, the mustache since I was 18 years old, coronation guest accused of being Meghan Markle in disguise, reveals the truth. As Andrew Lloyd Webber says, I can confirm it proudly, wasn't MM. So, you know, it's it's testament to just how... I, I, that could have been a story her marketing company put out there just to get Meghan Markle's name back in the coronation algorithm. And I know that sounds crazy, but... Does it sound crazy? Did Meghan Markle's <laughs> marketing really. company set this whole thing up? I'll put a photo up on the screen of uh, who the individual was, and you can see quite a, a, a you know interesting hairdo, big mustache, big set of glasses. If you were going to be in disguise, this would be a good disguise. You know, it would have been a good one. But what, what, what's your take on Markle's marketing team <laughs> pushing think, that? Yeah, I, I read that and I thought, you know, but also, did you see the one with the Green Reaper walking? Actually, the church had to put out statement saying that that was uh, one of the clerks that went after you know everybody came in. Did you see that? No, I'm going to bring it up just now. You, you, you carry on with this. I'll bring up the Grim well, Reaper. How come you haven't seen it? The, even know. the church had to put something because after everybody came in, you know there was a camera and you can see somebody running across that looked like the Grim Reaper. Oh, geez. so people were saying that it was Meghan Markle too. So the church had to had to. Uh, had to put a yeah, statement saying I've, that it wasn't. I've I've got the images up here now. I mean, <laughs> it looks over. a bit grim reapery, but I mean, it just looks like another royal with another big pointy stick. Uh, but it's 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 a good one. It's a good one to point out. You know that ten years from now, people are still going to be arguing over whether or not the Grim Reaper was actually at the coronation. You know, this is the world we live in. But they think it's Meghan Markle trying to sneak in. Of course they do. Of course they do. Because no 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 a more subtle way of entering into a coronation than a using what is clearly the front door of the coronation, mid coronation. In cosplay, so no, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's another one of the the interesting things that's come from the coronation. Meghan Markle in disguise, the Grim Reaper being Meghan Markle sneaking in. She's 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 a class act when it comes to pushing out the propaganda and making sure that the 
the the marketing machine works well. So I wouldn't put it past her in her being the one who pushed pushed out the rumors about her being in yeah. disguise for sure. And you know it's so terrible because she does the hike and she's posing like Princess Diana, you know, like her hands on the side. It, it's it's like actually quite scary if you think about it. This woman is like, in my very humble opinion, a certified stalker. This is a woman who, who lives a fantasy life. I really do believe that she thinks her life is this movie. And unfortunately, because in her mind, for better or worse, things have turned out. She has it. She has the use of a royal title. She's way better off right now than she was when in 2016 when she went looking for a husband in England with no job or anything. So in her mind, she sees that it has worked. And whether we like it or not, she has links. I mean, I mean, she has Paris Hilton. She's, she's, she's talking to Oprah. Gail King is going to do a show with her or she's going to do her own show, apparently. And her first interview is going to be Harry and Meghan Markle. I hate to say this, you know, one of my favorite movies is called The Untouchables. Okay. But unfortunately, Harry and Meghan have become The Untouchables. You know, Harry has that big scandal with the Better Up thing, which is embroiled in a lot of scandals right now. Uh, Oprah did help Meghan's coffee thing when she, she's, oh, Meghan sent me a coffee. She puts it on her Instagram thing or her whatever. And then, uh, but I do see that Oprah, and Tyler Perry are willing to support her, but not as as full on as before. If anything is behind the scenes, they, they you know, I do believe that they feel they've lent their names. I think Oprah really hates the fact that she got burnt by things. And she doesn't want to say I'm sorry because Oprah is too arrogant. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Oprah and Ailey, this is why the thing with Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Cameron, the guy from, that's not going to happen because no A-listers. Her, her, um, her Spotify thingy, the biggest star that she had was Paris Hilton, Serena Williams, yeah. who all were represented by the same company, PR company, and Mariah Carey. But other than that, and Mariah Carey, you know, she was interviewed afterwards by Gail King. And and, and, and Gail King said, are you a diva? And then she says, uh, and then Mariah Carey said, yeah, and she was making fun of Meghan Markle, the, the answer she gave. I mean, pretty much everybody who has been associated with her is is not really A-list or anything like that, if you think about it. I yeah. mean, but I think that Mariah Carey did it because she was represented by the agency. Okay. But Meghan Markle couldn't get people. I, I, she wanted which one was the one that she wanted to get oh she wanted to get Reese Witherspoon for the bimbo episode okay. okay but she ended up with Paris Hilton who's big yeah but it's not Reese Witherspoon you know Reese Witherspoon is an Oscar winner she's a billionaire she has this her own production company I mean she's Witherspoon. Yeah, and Paris Hilton's a DJ now, apparently. I don't know if you've heard well, about she's that. She's always been a DJ. Yeah well yeah but <laughs> I, honestly, that, that just that that information completely missed me, and it was really? I think it was last year, or the year before. Yeah, yeah. She's I mean, a kick-ass. She's a kick-ass yeah, DJ. that's awesome. So again, that was just one of those ones for me. She's a hustler. I love her. I love her talking, but she's not. She Paris is. Paris Hilton is a celebrity, but she's not an A-lister. She Paris Hilton single-handedly created the influencer. 
she was the first influencer you know she was the, the reality first. show yeah it, yeah i mean i think a lot of people on instagram owe a lot to paris hilton's legacy of of creating <laughs> the the influence uh the influencer platform for sure so what what about all of the i wouldn't say drama but certainly the two brothers harry william you know we've seen um harry taking uh, William, sorry, taking the knee and pledging his allegiance to the new king and all of this. Do you, do, do you know if there's been any more animosity between the two brothers or if there's been anything else since the coronation? I know that William was quite stern with Harry and basically said that the foundation of um, what the royals are is service. And I think that one sort of missed Harry um, by a few notches. Well, you know, Prince William's is into service to others. Harry and Meghan are into self-service. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I've been looking at, I mean, did you see, by the way, Simon, did you see Catherine playing the piano at the Eurovision thing? That was beautiful. No, again. I mean, that's what, she wasn't slumming it in a, in a wheelist mansion in Montecito. She was in a palace. Yeah. More like, with a beautiful gown, like, the William and Harry dynamics always been fascinating. You've said it yourself, especially since Spare came out and all of the things that he's, he said about William's wife and about his dad's, you know, the the, the new queen and all the, the rest queen. of it. That, that really got me really angry. What? It's very interesting because, you know, Harry has the lawsuits right now. Harry does. I mean, he just did this thing, that email that he sent where he's talking that, with this uh, aid for the queen about the lawsuit. This is in February 2018. Okay. And he says that he wants the lawsuit settled before the baby, uh, the baby's arrival on the wedding. A lot of people are saying that this is for Louis. Louis, uh, Catherine was pregnant with Louis, right? Okay. But I don't think so because then he would have said something like, I would like to have the settle. Uh, before my brother's baby comes up, you know, is born in, in my wedding. I've always said that Meghan Markle was pregnant. Now, one of the oldest tricks on the book is that she said she was pregnant. Of course, she miscarriage, and then she's pregnant again. Because yeah. there was such a, if you read that, the way he wrote that email, and I know that people say, well, he meant to say this, he was referring to Louis. That's not how you phrase something, because at that time, we have now spared the book. We know that by that time, he wasn't really talking to anybody and there were huge fights. Yeah. So why would he be concerned about writing in that email about a baby from his brother, which has nothing to do with him? In my opinion, it was something to do with Meghan Markle had claimed to be pregnant. And this is, he's talking, oh, before the baby arrival and before the wedding, how are they going to allow these reporters back in? You know, in his mind, he's arguing... And, and this ties very nicely with all the issues that they were having with uh, with the reporters, the press that Meghan Markle didn't want to press, uh, the UK press to broadcast her wedding, like she only wanted CBS. And it, apparently they were using that as an excuse to achieve that, but the Queen said, no, this is a British wedding, we're paying for this. And this is, a lot of the friction is going, I really do believe between Harry and William, is the fact that Harry hates the fact that he did not get a quality woman. All that Meghan had to be, do and be was a lady and behave like such. You know, it's um, it's um, you know, and I think that Harry resents the fact that his brother married such a quality woman, and he ended up with Meghan. 
And it also, one of the biggest things that he's suing over is the fact that he believes his relationship ended because, with Chelsea because of the press, which is insane. Because uh, Chelsea knew that Harry, who Harry was after a while, and she knew about the press, and yet she dated him for years. If, if the press had been a factor, she would have, as soon as she finds out, she would have dumped him and said, you know what, I want nothing to do with this because for women is different. We don't want to waste time. You know, so she wouldn't have hung out for seven or eight years that they worked with six or seven or eight years that they were together. Once she found out who he was, she would have dumped him because, hey, you know what, buddy, I love you. Before I get more invested in you, I don't want to have anything to do with the press. I'm done with this. I wish you luck. She wouldn't have hung around six or seven years. So I really do believe that Harry's not in a very happy place. He is he is um, looking at his life. And uh, I, I really do believe that he's the one who came up with that thing of half in, half out. But he really did not want to leave his life. But Meghan Markle gave him an ultimatum and he was trying to sort of please both sides, you know. And he was told, no, but I really do believe that if you are a happy man, happily married with your beautiful wife with two children successful and happy would you be, would you be begrudging the fact that you didn't end up with that other girlfriend i must have felt like to harry that he's, he's he's got no direction in the royal family because he's not going to be king his brother is so successful he's so loved he's got the perfect marriage and Harry's tried to break the mold and go out and do it by himself and failed miserably at it. Do you feel that he's maybe stuck in a web of his own doing, like a web of his own decisions? Well, of course. <clears throat> of course. You know what? That, that I disagree with you a little bit. Okay. Because the royal family hadn't... Did you know that the Queen's Commonwealth Trust was actually created one month prior to the wedding with the sole purpose of having Harry as president and Meghan Markle as vice president? The Queen's Commonwealth Trust okay. Foundation was created on April 2018. Why would the Queen want to put Meghan and Harry in charge of any were, money? She wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. She thought that they would be perfect. Meghan had blah, blah, blah. When I hit the ground running, I want to help people. So the Queen thought, I'm going to make sure that they are prominent in something that was so special to her, which was yeah. the Commonwealth Trust. And so they created the Queen's Commonwealth Trust and they put place Harry as president and Meghan as vice president. So they had prominent roles, you know, and Adam and, and, and the royal family, I think that the issue was that they knew what Meghan was up to. So they were not willing to go along with a lot because I am sure they knew she was using them. And they basically gave her everything she wanted plus more. You know, it's like um, if you if you have a job and you want to quit, you start finding faults with everything. Yeah. Okay. And if, for example, and if you ask for a, for a bicycle, the car, the company gives you a jower. You are, you know, instead of um, instead of you asking for a first class ticket, they give you a jet. So yeah. that way, they take away your excuses for calling them nasty things. But you, you want to find fault in everything because you know that you don't want to be there, but you don't want to quit because you don't get the, the benefits. It's not the same being fired than quitting. And Meghan Markle wanted to be let go. This is this is my thing. This was her end game. She was trying to create as many problems as possible. So the family was like, go away. You know, we don't want you. That way she could say, ha, you see, you kicked me out. Yeah. Because you're racist, because you didn't do this. 
do that. And what is worse, and this is the part that I find very ter terrible, is the fact that they have covered up the bullying allegations. And I know many YouTubers are going around saying, oh, we're doing this to protect the, 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 the identity of the people. You know what? I don't think so because the people came and talked to Valentine Lowe because they were worried about their reputations. I don't think that the palace is, is, is protecting the identity of the people bullied, be harassed or abused because we pretty much know who they are. You know, this, these are not secret PAs that yeah, we don't I'm, know about. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with I you mean, there. You can literally tell who they are. So I... I I don't think that that Terry didn't have a role. He had a role. He was he had all those honorary military titles. The Queen loved them. I mean, the whole the whole the whole world loved him. The problem was Megan that people would start finding out things about her because she was creating the problems on purpose because she wanted to let be let go or be kicked out, you know, or or yeah, something. So she would have like something to point at. But uh, she never had, this is my very humble opinion, she never had an intention of staying and working or actually working, you know, doing non-glamorous work. Yeah. And the royal family knew about it. And even then, they gave them meaningful roles because they, if you think about it, there would have been, because um, Prince, Prince William's kids are very young. So you have, it would have been King Charles, Prince uh, Prince William, Prince Harry and the wife, yep. uh, Sophie and, and Edward. You, you're looking at like very, like that That was supposed to be it. And you're looking at Harry and Meghan having at least 10, 20 years of meaningful work. So I don't buy that he didn't have a role. I don't buy that he didn't know what to do. I don't buy that he was floundering around. Yeah. They were part of the royal foundation, you know, but they had to break because of the bad practices that they were doing. So, you know, the, the loving grandmother looking after her grandson, giving the new wife and him prominent place, and then just the destructive nature of Meghan tearing it all down was really the catalyst that started everything that we're in now. I mean, that was really what started the ball rolling on the mess that we're in now with uh, them stepping away from the royals and... The catastrophe. I mean, there's no other word of putting it. We touched on this last time, the Meghan and Harry's uh, charity foundation, 13 million pounds, empty office blocks, all the rest of it. You even said it yourself. They shouldn't be uh, in charge of people's money. Do you think anything's going to come from that? Because it is a lot of money and there doesn't seem to have been a lot done to 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 justify it, and I, even when we start looking at the fact that what was it three donations that make up this thirteen million, I'm sure there was some public input as well, but a big chunk of it was from an anonymous donor, right? And that well, all, two two yeah, that always raises alarm bells. It was three million, which is pretty odd because Disney promised to donate three million dollars okay. to the Elephant Foundation, or that they gave it to Megan supposedly, or to the Sussex Foundation, Royal Foundation, so they would donate it to the elephants. Okay. The elephant never got it from them. Disney had to donate it to them later on, and the Elephant Foundation didn't even thank Megan. They thanked Disney, you know? It's weird. If it had come from Megan, the Elephant Foundation would have said, thanks to the Duchess for doing the voiceover that got us the $3 million, right? 
Yeah, well, nothing like that happens. So I do believe that the three million comes from that, and the ten million, in my very humble opinion, comes from the uh, Harry's payment for the book and the Netflix thing and the interview with Oprah. Because during the Oprah, Oprah didn't give them money per se, but the advertisers that they had were all labs and medical. I'm pretty sure that they got some money from that. Yeah. So my my very humble opinion is we have that, and the, and the thing is that. If the companies make a donation, they write it off. Megan doesn't get charged for it because it's a donation. Yeah. You know, and so everybody wins. It's really, and they still have like nine, nine plus million left over that they haven't used. Again, a charity being run with empty office blocks, anonymous donors, and uh, two incredibly sketchy individuals at the helm. It's just one of these things we need to watch and see what what develops from it. Well, do you know what? It's interesting. That was going to be the next thing I wanted to ask you about because I know you um, are very friendly with Samantha and you've interviewed her and I believe you were on, you did a live show with her a couple of nights ago, right? And how, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Samantha. I know there was the expose or uh, the, the uh, interview that went out from the Australian network. Can you touch a little bit on her reaction to that any yeah. <laughs> any further revelations from the Aussie interview? And just give us an update on Samantha in general, because I know a lot of people will be very interested to hear how she is doing. Well, you know, I, I get it. I'm going to catch up. I was surprised because this, we did the interview. I did the interview because of the behavior panel, which is a YouTube channel. And I was shocked about the lack of professionalism, these guys, when it came down to the Marco family. Because I have never heard them in other, other than with Trump, I have never heard them give a personal opinion about one of the subjects that they are supposed to be unbiased. Of course, yeah. Um, because they say it at the beginning, we're not here to talk about whether we like them or not, their actions, we're just to describe their actions. And yet we have thought, I think one of the guys is called, saying that he, he thought he did, he wasn't gonna like Meghan Markle, but that he wouldn't like. Now he believes he doesn't like Samantha more, which I was very shocked. Yeah. Because he wasn't there to express a personal opinion about the subject that he's supposed to be giving an unbiased thing about. Uh, because that means that whatever, whenever you look at a person through prejudice, you can't be you can't be fair. Yeah. You know. So I was I was really really shocked that. He, they went, and then we had the the guy, I can't, Greg, I think his name is. Uh, he was talking about Samantha being a redneck, or their Markle being a redneck. Where would he get that? Because they're blonde. Mega, that means that Mega Markle is a redneck because the father is that we're from California. So where would he get that? There, but the where they, the way they were talking about them was belittling, and, and clearly they didn't even know that Samantha was a highly educated person with a degree in psychology and, and a master's in mental health or something like that i mean i was shocked about that and was this you need to do a little bit of research before you you do something they were completely ridiculing her you know like all you have to do is google samantha markle and you get her education but they were making fun of how she profiled megan they have done a little bit of research we would have found out that actually samantha is quite qualified, probably more than they are, in giving yeah. a profile about somebody, not only because she has the, the educational qualifications, but because she knows the subject. Of course, she's living it. The only one that I found was, was Samantha was really upset about that. I was upset about that because I found that highly unprofessional. And 
Did this take place on the on the YouTube channel, or was this in the? Yeah, my YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I interviewed in my YouTube channel. I... So we were talking about that, when people keep asking her, "Where was Doria?" and I'm like, "She doesn't know. She already said she doesn't know." Have you? I mean, I gotta tell you, um, I pick, I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a relationship when you think you know the person, and it turns out that they have a different husband or a different wife, or yeah. that they're these, you know? criminals that you know nothing about yeah and a lot of times you don't want to know out of love or also because you're doing other stuff and you're not that close to that person and this and the person doesn't want you to know you know and if mr markle knows he sure as hell is not telling because he clearly has feelings for his ex-wife and he that's that's the mother of his child so if he knows he's not saying but i truly believe that samantha doesn't know you know, and people kept asking, where is Samantha, where is, where is Doria? It's like, she's already said she doesn't know. Doria is creepy ass and shady as ass. And what what's your gut feeling about Doria? Like, let's just touch on. I think she was in jail. Either she was in jail because she couldn't get in touch with her daughter for years, or she was a terrible mother. It's either or because it's clear that when or Megan was a terrible child that Doria wanted nothing to do with it and she just dumped on, on Mr. Markle. Those are the three options you have. Megan was impossible child to deal with. And Doria is too selfish to take charge of that and try to correct her daughter. And therefore she just said, I want nothing to do with it. I'm gonna come back when you're grown up and you're I'm gonna let your father deal with you. Or she was having an affair, or whatever. She just didn't want to have anything to do with Megan Markle or that situation, or she was in jail. Because yeah. there's no way that a loving mother would stay away from her daughter living only 40 minutes away. And by the way, 40 minutes in LA, it's, it's, it's normal. Yeah, no, for sure. What was, did Samantha mention to you her reaction to, you know, the Australian interview with, with her dad and everything like that? Because I know that we, we sort of touched and criticized a little bit on the way that her dad so it was almost like he was reaching out to Megan as opposed to he was trying to almost like mend bridges. Well, yeah, actually, she did say something because I told her that. I said, but you, don't you think that your dad is in it? Because he actually, she mentioned it. She said that people who do that enable that behavior. Okay. But then again, you know, I'm a mother. You know, uh, I know parents. I have a, a parent. I don't think he will ever give up because that's his kid. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's hard to ask a parent to give up on their child. No, I, I you know, I have my kid. <laughs> I do something terrible. You know, it's in Canada studying aerospace engineering, so I couldn't get a hold. I I am terrible mother because I I started. I couldn't get a hold of Hendrik, and I was really scared because he's, you know, he's in Canada, and yeah. and I was just worried I couldn't get a hold. And I contacted the police because I was so worried. I was terrified. You know? Yeah. He was so angry with me. No, the police didn't go to the house or anything. He was actually taking a test, and they usually take the, the phones away, and the tests are very long, six, seven hours. You know? Yeah. But, I, I mean, I can't imagine my kid doing that to me. I don't know what I do. <coughs> I'm not in that position, you know. But I have my neighbor. She just found out her, her kid is completely addicted to drugs and all kinds of things. And, you know, I'm trying to help her. We were trying to do an intervention. It's not going to be. He's a big guy. Yeah. You know, but we have to take him somewhere. But she's not giving up on her kid. I see, you're not Jeffrey Palmer. 
Yeah. Look at his father supporting yeah, him, you know? Yeah, that's true. And it's difficult, I think, for people who don't have kids or maybe people that, you know, aren't, you know, necessarily, you know, trying to, to find a reason to relate to this. But it is, it is difficult to imagine, you know, your child doing something and you not being there for them. I mean, everyone has a line that, you know, once it's crossed, I imagine that would be it. But our, the way that our dad uh, has been treated in the past, the way that our, Megan's whole family's been treated in the past, you would expect at this stage, he's maybe getting desperate. He's He loves his daughter and he just wants to put an end to all of this because it must be heartbreaking for him. And I'm sure there's, there's members of the Marco family that it is heartbreaking for, and it's not just a, a butt of heads, if you will, um, but yeah, I asked Samantha. I did. I don't know if you're watching the video. I asked Samantha, do you think your father would ever come under? Because, as I told Samantha, why is your father still reaching out for her? Because she's buried him. This yeah. is a woman that said, I no longer have a father, I lost my father, which means that in her mind, she's done. Yeah. That turkey's cooked. There's nothing more. In her mind, she no longer has a parent. She no longer has a father. Harry on the spare book said that he watched her mourn. Damn. The loss of her father. He said it in his book, you know. So, and I said, Samantha, do you think he will ever, would ever, would ever play in his mind that his daughter has written him off completely? And she said, no. And she she's she understands it because and she also agreed that by him begging her, um, I told her that kind of behavior is the behavior she expects from him because she knows that whenever she treated him that way, he always came begging. She always counted on the fact that she would have him there no matter what. Yeah. And and Samantha agrees, but there's nothing you can do. You can't you can't, you know, tell your father stop loving my sister it must be you can't stop feeling that way but she's in agreement that that kind of behavior and those actions were only enable her to continue the abuse yeah. you know in my opinion anyways that's what i, I gather from it and she was very straightforward and, and i'm pretty sure that for her it can be nice to see her father suffering and denigrating himself it must be traumatic for all of them when you think of the reality of the situation growing up with your sister growing up with your daughter and then all of a sudden, she's basically the reason that your family is fragmented. The trauma she's put her dad through and the things she said about her sister. And it's, it's, it's a very toxic dynamic. And toxicity is something that seems to follow Megan. She doesn't seem to fit in and stay where she's fitted in without destroying everything around it. Or affecting it to the point where things are never the, the same. And that's certainly the case for her, her, her family. And now blatantly the same for Harry's family. I think if we could have been a fly on the wall with a lot of the conversations that went on, I think some of us would have, I, in my opinion, been shocked at the willingness to accommodate Meghan and Harry even as far down the line as they've come with spare and you know going on the hike and the disrespect and all the rest of it especially when you factor in what you said earlier about the queen elizabeth and giving them prominent place and then basically throwing it back in her face and you've said it yourself she was a very respected feared and loved woman around the world queen elizabeth for years and years and years 
And she the, was a cake ass lady for yeah, sure. And the level And you of, know, you know, you know when we talk about the Queen's Commonwealth first, sorry for interrupting you before okay. I forget. <laughs> you know that when Harry had the butter up thing? They advertised it at the Queen's Commonwealth Trust, and they even hire people to get the coaching. So he made over 500,000 subscriptions, and he got a percentage of that. So wow. he made uh, the better up. Now they've removed it, but they had it there for almost eight months. That the better up it was the only it was the only private company that they were advertising for, and they signed up all their little managers which was over 500,000 people because he had access to 2.4 billion people with that wow. Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Yeah. And, they, and the Queen allowed that. And I criticized her a lot for that. Do you, ever, do you see an out for Harry? Matthew Steeples has often said that Harry could end the marriage, go and do his humanitarian work in Africa and have a redemption arc in the royal family. Do you believe that Harry, there's any way for Harry to redeem himself from, from the Markle madness? Hmm. I don't think so. I'll tell you why. Okay. If Harry is that easily manipulated, then people have to be praying who's going to be his next wife. Yeah. Because we have to pray that the next wife, if he divorces Meghan Markle, is not going to be as, as uh, because clearly the message that we're receiving here is that he's an idiot, and therefore we have to blame everything on Meghan Markle. Right? And that's not the case. In my opinion, Buckingham Palace, I've been saying this all along, they did an excellent job with their PR to cover up who Harry is. They've known who he is all along. You know, they were hoping that if he married somebody nice, that would she would be able to control those nasty negative things about him. But people like Chelsea Davy who's a completely a, a woman with a good head on her shoulders, very nice, very kind. She dumped him. It had nothing to do with the press. <laughs> she said, you know, it's been rumors or have been put out there that she did not like him, that he was paranoid, that he was this, that he was that. The same thing with President Bonas. President Bonas put a tweet saying that you can be high class or something, but it doesn't mean that you're a nice person. And she was referring to Harry. Yeah. I think people want to give or want to blame Meghan Markle, do that. I was in a very abusive relationship. I used yeah. to get beat up all the time. But even then, my ex-husband didn't manage me to stop me from seeing my relative. The beatings were because of that, because, I, you know, I'm sorry, I want to see my mom, you know, yeah. or, my, or whatever. I, I, I fought very hard to remain myself a little bit. In Harry's case, he's, I really do believe that he's always been very envious of William, in any family of high power, you always have siblings fighting for, or, or people, the family fighting. Any family, it's happening with the guy from uh, the Hermes, the guy who owns the Hermes, you know, has like four or five kids, they're all fighting to, to be the main. It, it, it power and money does that to people. So Harry likes the fact that he was, you know, the hot shot prince and stuff like that. He didn't like the fact that he... I mean, he has attacked Charlotte for crying out loud, and Louis and George. He's attacking children. Yeah, it's it's just what you were saying I, about. I, I disagree with Matthew. Yeah, you do. Okay, no problem. Just what you were saying there about what his exes had said: paranoid, different behind closed doors. Just when you were sort of going through that, it it, it reminds me of a sustaining addict. Right, an addict that doesn't have to, you know, go out and steal or rob can function, 
you know, day to day looks like a normal person behind closed doors it all kind of falls apart a little bit and harry's obviously had a track record and by his own admission enjoyed the white stuff the green stuff uh some funky little um toadstools shall we say do you think that those are the more socially acceptable right and i i use that with a grain of salt everybody but uh the the green stuff uh, certainly around the world has become more legalized and social do you think those are just the more socially accepted things that harry's admitting to because it's easier to admit to those than to maybe a darker side to what's going on behind closed doors hmm. i believe that the royal family or buckingham palace did the extent of his addiction or what he was doing because this is not something that happens overnight. Yeah. I do believe that he started very young. Yeah. I do believe that nobody wanted to correct him because nobody told him what to do. His behavior, you know, his behavior is very much like Charles. People were criticizing Harry and Meghan. How about Charles and Camilla? Well, we've got to I remember, mean, you've got to remember, Paula, when mm -hmm. his, could you imagine, though, being in Harry's position once he became able to Google his mum? and being able to Google the theories behind his mother's death and dive into it all, because they're going to know more than we do anyway. But do you think that sent him spiraling? Do you think the, the unknowns and the conspiracy that overhangs um, the alleged murder, assassination of Diana, do you think that he just could not cope with that? He was his mother's baby. He was the, he was the son that got doted on because... He wasn't going to, in my opinion, because he was the baby and William was already going to be set up for life. Do you think that that moment, that, that moment that his mother passed, it would, say, it would fragment anybody, but even more so, I feel, Harry, do you feel that that is a pinnacle for him? Do you think that he's, 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 he's using to keep secrets? Do you think there is something that um, is inside Harry that is keeping him medicated or do you think it's a hundred percent to do with megan because i don't believe i think megan is the enabler for a pattern of behavior that's existed for years i think the catalyst for his adult behavior was the death of the death of his mother but with what you've said about his exes do you th I, I i it sounds like there's something really dark going on behind closed doors with harry that only the closest people to him will ever really know well from what we heard from the bodyguards and everything, when he was very, very young, but Prince Diana was alive, he was a pretty nasty kid. Yeah. Even he would make fun. Of, and there was an outing that Prince Diana took them in a bus, you know, like a regular bus. And he was making fun of the bus driver who was Pakistani, I believe, from India. And he was even making fun of him. It wasn't something endearing. Yeah. He was making fun, humiliating the guy. And Princess Diana had to pull, tell him off, and I think she even smacked him or something like that. And yeah. she had to apologize, and she had to get out of the middle of the bus because of that, because he was so nasty to it, towards it. So I believe that Harry, you know, something that the panel guys said about Meghan Markle, that when the fish swims in that oil, of course the fish is going to come out like that, implying that the environment has something to do with it, right? Yeah. Harry was too young when Princess Diana died. I have, I have a school here, and I have one of many of the kids. Their parents have died in horrific circumstances. I mean, some of them they have died in horrific circumstances, and these kids are like 
eight, nine, ten. Yeah. One of them is thirteen. Um, and those kids are very. They get on with life. They don't use that as a crutch or a justification to treat others badly. Uh, and, and I mean, they don't have a psychologist. Harry wasn't yeah. a psychologist or anything. These kids are so poor. They're more concerned whether they're eating or not. You know, like where their next meal is going to come from. But I've seen these children, and they don't use the excuse of what happened to the parents to attack or hurt others. That's something that's very personal that I can either. That's inside of you. Yeah. You know, and oh, I'm going to cry. For example, one of the kids in my school, he. You know, I, I give him food and stuff like that, and 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 he was eating his little plate, and I didn't know that there was this other child outside because we have like this gated thing, right? And the kid was outside waiting. Keep in mind that these children come to the school to eat and to be educated, but one of the incentives is that they get a meal. So the next thing I see is Ramon sitting, you know, standing right next to the, the gated thing, just like um, a wire thingy. He's passing his school to this other kid who's not in the school. I ended up taking this, the kid in, you know. But but it goes to show that this kid has nothing in his feeling. Yeah. And then you have Harry, who was taken to psychologist, the best of life. Because when Princess Diana died, everybody took care of him. Yeah. William was older. He could remember more. He was actually much closer to Princess Diana than Harry was. You know? So that's an excuse. And I think that people want to give him an excuse. It's like when you have an abusive person and you're in an abusive relationship, you want to make excuses for that behavior. You yeah. know, and then and then what the abuser does is that they blame you. They're beating you and they're telling you, oh, it's your fault, you make me do this. The next thing we're gonna have is basically this is what Harry's doing. He's the abuser and he's telling the world you're making me abuse you with all these lawsuits with his family who gave him nothing but love. So I really deeply regret reject the fact that because of princess that's very simplistic princess yeah. diana he was 11 years 13 years of age he didn't even want to say goodbye to her because he was having too much fun he was already at he wasn't that close to princess diana and i think he's used that as a crutch like when he misbehaves to get away with it oh he, he lost his mom no i don't agree with it Okay. Okay. Well, that's, hey, listen, we're all entitled to our own opinion, and this is what no, no, no. this is I'm what makes it interesting, because... Paula, when we have slightly different opinions on things. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Um, you know, with with the privilege that comes with the royals, yeah. I think there is a, a predetermined mindset for people looking in that if you have so much, you shouldn't have any problems, and you you should no, I, be, I you should be the best person that you can be. And, you know, watching YouTube and watching a lot of social experiments that take place, it's often those who have nothing that give the little the they most. have, you know, and the most. Because they can relate to what it's like to being in the position of the person they're given to. Can you imagine Harry trying to relate, right, to someone going to a food bank, right? The concept of, A, eating out of a tin, let alone having to cook and prepare that tin for yourself. The, but you, then you have Prince William, and he can. And Princess Diana did, did take those boys. 100%. Both of them to the homeless shelters. Sure. I mean, it goes ver nature versus nurture, you know? Well, because the, both boys were exposed, are in the same environment. Yeah. Were both exposed to things, at least by Princess Diana. Yeah. They were taken to shelters. She took them on buses, and whereas Prince William was respectful 
Harry was was belittling the bus driver. Yeah. So you already see in that environment two different things. I do feel that people we were sold an image of Harry and people are having a hard time letting go of that lovable image. Do you not think though that do you not think maybe Harry and Meghan are equally narcissistic? Okay. Oh yeah. But Megan is very much more wears it on her sleeve. Harry's more tries to hide it and cover it up with maybe reasons for why he can justify this victim mindset. Sometimes the the, the public push saying, you know, Megan's controlling him and all the rest of it. I personally think that there there's a good chance that they're both equally as narcissistic. It's just Megan's very much more the is more happy to have that impression being public whereas harry's a little bit more devious about it because again going back to what you were saying about his exes and just looking at patterns of behavior with harry there does seem to i feel like after this conversation paula i feel like there's a big question mark over some big dark thing that's going to burst open about harry in a few years Mm -hmm. maybe megan knows maybe that's going to be her exit strategy because yeah. the only way she'll benefit from leaving Prince Harry and be better off is to destroy Prince Harry and for her to come through the rubble of that for whatever reason. But you would, you, the only way that you can uh, be better off after you've divorced the prince is you would have to destroy that prince and leave him uh, with no legacy uh, and public, public opinion completely swayed. That's the only way she can do it. And well, she already started. Okay. When she said in Oprah Winfrey that he sat there and he said, nobody helped me uh, adjust the world of life. Nobody taught me what to do. And Harry tried to stop and say something and she interfered. When she says nobody, don't you remember everybody was asking, well, where was Harry? Yeah. Okay. When she said that she wanted to end her life and Harry saying that he didn't know what to do. I mean, and then when, when it's talking about the racism thing, and now Harry's gone worldwide and denied it. No one wasn't denied it. In fact, there was an, uh, a thing leaked, an article leaked during the coronation that Meghan had phoned the prince or sent, her, sent, sent King Charles a letter about racism. Because she very much wants to keep that that conversation going. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow she's accepting a reward or a fake award from Gloria Steinem for empowering women. They receive a, a racism thing from NAACP, you know, and from the Robert Kennedy Jr. Foundation. So Meghan Markle, of course, she's going to destroy. She tried to do that to the royal family. The way for her to break with the royal family was crushing them on her way out. Leaking. This is exactly what I told you. It's yeah. like she was trying to create as much chaos Correct. as yeah. possible. No, you're right. You're she 100%. would have a valid excuse to get out. Yeah. So she had to exaggerate her plight. Yeah. She had to exaggerate that did this to me. And she had needed Harry to back her up. But what is happening here is that Harry is coming across as a worker who, who, who does nothing for her, is sitting right next to her. I did, I, nobody told me how to sing the national anthem. No, I, I tried to end my life. And, uh, I mean, Megan is a woman who spends all her days on the floor crying. Yeah. Here's, so Harry's just done. Yeah, here's Harry's another one. Done. Here's another one for you. Let's go back. Let's go back a couple of weeks. Megan and Harry at the LA Lakers game. Did you see the photographs of this? Did you see the kiss cam? The rejection of the kiss cam. Do you, 
do you think this is again? It's it's one of those things where they they put themselves in these positions, but Megan seems to be in a lot more photo opportunities where she doesn't look completely wasted. Harry, there's been two or three photo opportunities this year, which out of the few public appearances they've done socially that have been captured, where Harry is completely obliterated. And it was the same vibes. Do you think that she's well aware of being able to take him out to a public area, get the paps down, and she's building almost like a new uh, portfolio of disgraceful Harry. You know, in the same way as Harry uh, dressed up as a, a German... A group of individuals for mm. a, for a for a party and all of these things. Do you think she is now just building up, uh, like I say, a portfolio of this, rec- you know, this track record of behaviour that Harry's got? Well, I, funnily enough, they asked me. You know that my friend who works um, told me that Megan was informed of the kiss camp, so she knew, but Harry didn't know about it. They didn't oh. know whether she, but she did know. That apparently Harry didn't know about the kids. She, of course she would, because of course she did. He asked the celebrities <clears throat> to do that. Of and course. They asked her. Yeah. And and this is why, if you look at him, he's caught up a little bit of guard. Yeah. She's clearly <laughs> taking it, <laughs> looking at her. And when he, of course, goes for the kids, because I am sure that she knew what she was going to say. She was stressed for it. Yeah, of course. And when Harry tried to kiss her, she goes, ah, she body blocks him. I mean, this guy's already cooked and done. Yeah. You know, and, and, and just that he doesn't know it, but, you know, he, he's cooked and done. And, yes, Meghan Markle will have to trash him even further of to course. justify her divorce from him. Our but survival. Our survival smart. from the divorce from him. This is the thing. She can get divorced, go and get a nice little two-bedroom apartment and live out the rest of her days quite happily. No problem if she just wanted a divorce. But this is just... Because let's be honest. Could you imagine the ego of the narcissist who managed to escape with a prince from the British royal family? Escaping that prince is nothing compared to escaping the family with that prince, if that makes sense. So her mindset is going to be that she is unstoppable and uh, it's going to be a really interesting few years. It really, really is. You know what I think also? Okay. That Harry knows what Meghan is doing, and he's trying to make it harder for her to have an excuse, just that the royal family did. They made it hard for her to leave and trash him. I, it's my full belief that Harry now knows that Meghan is doing to him what she did to the royal family, and this is why he's making it harder on her, being very publicly loving, declaring all these love declarations, you know. So it's going to be hard for Meghan Markle to say, you know what, this idiot was that abusive, this and that, because he, he, the only thing she has to claim is that he's a racist and he abused her. Well, I'm just saying, she might want to not get in any cars and go run, you know, driving away from any paparazzi anytime soon because nobody follows things, things, things can go terribly wrong when some people step out of line within the royal family and try and break away, um, as we've seen in the past. So what about, and we're just going to turn this 180 now, Paula, okay? Tell us what you think had to be done for Camilla to be crowned, Okay. Because I think there's been a deal signed where he says he's going to step down after, say, 10 years, right? Maybe five years. I want to be king for five years. Let me have my queen, and then I'll step down for William. 
because has Camilla earned her place? Tell us, just just give us a little bit of feeling on how you feel about that, because I know there's been a lot of people discussing that you know it was it was a slap in the face to Queen Elizabeth, it was a slap in the face to Diana, it was a slap in the face to 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 uh, the boys' mothers, all this kind of stuff. It was his his love, his his wife. Like it makes sense to me that she would be be queen because I'm still very much new to um, having an opinion on the royal narrative. So, how how do you feel? How did it make you feel, or did it make you feel anything? Well, I'm a big Diana person. I am too. Uh, let me tell you, I watched Patrick Gibson, Diana's uh, personal private secretary, and he gave something that was actually quite good. If we look at Harry and we look at Charles, they're both the same. It's like uh, Prince Charles, again, the only mistake the queen made was not telling him either or. Nobody, that's a myth that he was stopped from marrying Camilla. That is absolutely that they're trying to twist the narrative around. Camilla was crazy in love with Andrew Parker Bowles. That was her man. Raised him for up to seven years until he finally married her. He had many affairs on her, one of them with Princess Anne. And this is how Camilla ended up reaching out to Charles to get back at Andrew Parker Bowles. Camilla was absolutely in love, obsessed, stalking Andrew Parker Bowles. She was happy to be Mrs. Parker Bowles. He was a handsome man. Apparently, he was the best lay in town. Um, <laughs> So when people say that they were stopped from marrying, that's the first lie there. Okay, they wanna they wanna create. My problem with this whole mess is that unlike Princess Diana, who owned up her mistakes and said, "Yeah, I made a mistake there. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, you know," that is the big difference between Charles and Princess Diana and Camilla. Camilla was briefing the press when Diana was pregnant with William. They were gaslighting her back then, and, and whenever Diana would say to Charles, how did the press know that I was not doing well, that I had to come from our honeymoon to London? Because Charles told Camilla, and Camilla would tell Stuart Higgins, who was the editor of, of the newspaper. Stuart Higgins has come out and publicly apologized about having that after Princess Diana died. Mm. So I do not like the fact that people are trying to twist things around and vilifying the memory of a dead woman who can't be here to, to, to defend herself. Sure. That I have a problem with, number one. Number two, they don't own up to their mistakes or what they did. If Camilla and Charles did this to somebody right now, they would be completely canceled and trash. The lack of accountability, just like Harry and Meghan, the lack of accountability for yeah. their behavior. Now, Camilla, the Church of England, the Synod, I don't know if you say that in English, Synod or Synod, S-Y-N-O-D, okay. is, 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 is the collegiate of bishops in the Anglican Church. In 2008, they said, uh, 2002, they said to Charles, because Charles submitted the request to be married in church because he is the only monarch in history representing the Church of England okay. who could not be married and said, People are going, oh, but he had a blessing. No. He had to say a prayer of deep repentance and then Camilla about it. It wasn't a blessing. It was a repentance blessing thing that they said. Repenting for their sins and the damage they've caused. Okay. 
Okay. Now, I don't have a problem if Charles said, when people say that Camilla was the love of his life, another BS. Kanga was the love of his life, who died in 1997. 1996, the year the Princess Diana died. I think it was 1997. She died a few months after Princess Diana. Camilla hated her because she was her main competition. Charles was absolutely in love with her. The same thing with that Canadian lady who auctioned the letters that Prince Charles wrote to her up until 1994. You know, and people even speculate that, that her son is Charles because she's never denied it. She sold, she auctioned those letters. They're certified letters, okay? So this, wow. and he, the last one he wrote was in 1994, this Canadian lady who came into the parents' house and was having sex with Charles, you know. So when people tell me that Camilla was the love of his life, that she's earned, she's earned it by being his mistress, I have a problem with that. And they do that on the back of calling Princess Diana unstable, crazy, schizophrenic, paranoid, Princess Diana was not schizophrenic. Now we know that she was right. Yeah. Camilla was briefing Stuart Higgins, giving him at least once or twice a week. If when it was really juicy, she would brief him four or five times a week. So we now know she was not paranoid. We know that she was right. Yeah. We know that with the panorama interview that she was strict and lied to. We know that her conversations were leaked. But we, we, you know, there's a saying in Spanish, it's kind of translated to this, the crying child, but it's the nanny that pinches him. People only see that the child is crying. They don't see that the nanny is pinching and poking and causing pain. Yeah. So I do have a major problem. I was anorexic. I'm not mentally unstable or crazy. It's just an eating disorder that you have. It comes from emotional abuse. You know, Princess Diana, they're trying to convert Princess Diana, a 19-year-old naive woman who was very sheltered, was not very cultured or had an experience. To a thirty-some-year-old running around Camilla and Charles. Yeah. You know, so when people tell me, and, and you know something funny, she was not anointed, and she did not swear allegiance to Charles. Because people kept going on that she was going to be anointed. She wasn't anointed. So for me, I find that I found that this coronation was sustained. To tell you the truth. I don't think that Charles is going to, Charles has waited for how many years for this? Do you, oh, I'm on a five years, I'm done. Charles is an incredibly narcissistic man. Yeah. And he lied. What bothers me is the lie. For him to get Camilla accepted, for him to be able to marry Camilla, he said that she would be Princess Consort, consort not Right, okay. It was in a statement, a written statement, put out by Charles, by Clarence, an official statement issued by Clarence House. This is this is the same as Gary and Megan, that they put out statements saying, oh, this is what we want, but it's actually something that was completely different that they were going for. Yeah. Okay? So Charles lied to the public, to the church, to Parliament, saying that Camilla would be Princess Consort, not Queen Consort at all. Later on, it was, oh, she had, we have no intention because in 2013, I believe, or 2020, they were asked again. And Charles stated that it was not his intention of having Camilla, it was not the intention, I hate that word, of having being queen consort, that it yeah. would be prince, princess consort. But now, I think I told you this, the letter that the queen put out where it says that it was her sincere wish that Camilla would be accepted as queen consort. 
Parliament, if you Google, there's a few articles because that's not the official letter that Parliament approved when they sent it back to Buckingham Palace. And somebody inserted that sentence there, and it was not the Queen because we know that the Queen had a lot of respect. And do you think that in the back of Charles's head, when he was planting these deceptive seeds years ago, right, as you've you put forward that he knew that there would be no comeback once he was crowned of course of course this is a man who's always so when we talk and criticize harry you know it's hypocritical of us to criticize harry and not criticize his father who's done worse you know yeah. who's done much worse you know uh, uh, charles and camilla Charles had sex with Camilla the night before he got married at the, at the ball. He never stopped seeing her. Camilla sent her cufflink and the honeymoon to send Diana a message that, you know, uh, I'm still here. Yeah. Diana opens uh, the diary, the opening diaries to see what they want to do during the honeymoon. So the pictures of Charles and Camilla fall out. Do you not think, though, with, I mean, could you imagine if that was your mum and all of that knowledge about how what she was put through is so public that that would just fragment your brain as Harry. And that's why he poured all of that into, into Spare. And do you think that Spare was maybe him getting a few things off of his chest with regards to his mother? Because it sounds to me like, as a normal person, a non-royal, looking in, if that was my mum, right, and my dad was doing that with Camilla, I, I would be... I'd be a, I would be a tearaway teen. That's all I'm saying. I would, I would have had a troubled teenage years, and troubled teenage years, uh, you know, breed troubled men. So, is it really any surprise? And I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think it's a surprise when you analyze what his father's was like. The, the games, like sending cufflinks to uh, his mother. These are, these are. That's like a Hollywood novel. That sort of thing. That is like a like an airport love story novel of a love triangle, and it really puts in perspective when we remind ourselves of the upbringing that Harry had, and then we compare Harry the man now. It becomes a lot easier to understand why we have a narcissistic time bomb on our hands. Does that make sense? Yeah, but narcissism is different than being suffering. Because, I mean, whether, if I understand this correctly, you're trying to imply that Harry has suffered a lot, but that doesn't make him narcissistic. Well, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not, not necessarily saying he's personally suffered a lot. It's just the, 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 the sheer overwhelming amount that was put on his mother and the fact that everyone knows. Being able to not look somebody publicly in the eye without knowing that they know all the things their mum went through. And now he's, there's nothing, there's, he's not done anything about it. You know, his, his father's still with Camilla. It seems like something that maybe not would fuel or grow his narcissism, but would certainly be... Make him resentful. Yeah, 100% make him resentful. And if he's already narcissistic, that's dangerous combination. I mean, do you not think that that's a time bomb scenario? Well, I think he feels superior than his father. Because I think Harry feels... This is just my perception of things. Because yeah. he, he says, okay, we both... He feels that we're both in the same boat in the, in the fact that his father, better than anybody, should understand his love for Megan. Sure. Because his father, Charles has always made it. I mean, okay. Charles has always been obsessed with Camilla. And I don't think he's very much with Camilla herself. I think it has because he was in love with other women. 
I think it's the fact that he was told, no, you have to focus on your marriage, prompted the 1994 an interview from him. Um, it's the fact that nobody tells him what to do. Nobody tells Charles what to do. It's the same thing with Harry. So Harry, in my, in my opinion, because I see his actions and the way he thinks that he's above everybody else, he feels that his father should understand his obsession with Megan, and he feels that he hasn't done what his father has done. And this is why Charles has a hard time uh, saying anything nasty to Harry, because he knows he's that, done worse. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. You know, so Harry feels, you know what? No matter how terrible things have done, you've done worse. You yeah. wrecked our lives. You wrecked my mom's life. My mom is not around. I can't understand that part. My mom is not here because of you. Camilla is not here because of you. I'm sorry, my mom is not here because of you. We don't have a happy marriage. Our lives turned like crap because you couldn't pretend to love our mother and be yeah. a decent husband, at least in public. You know, yeah. it was all about you. Charles, to me, is the ultimate narcissist. And, and people think that Camille is not a narcissist. Please, that woman was happy to give that crown on her head. Yeah, of course. And, you know, so when people say, "Oh, she didn't want it," she looked no, she was happy. Of I, I, she I, was. I, I hated that people try to make things that are not. So to me, Harry feels superior than his father, morally superior than his father, and the fact that he, he in his at least publicly has a, a wife. He yeah. didn't have to destroy somebody's marriage or children to achieve that marriage. Um, he feels that he has a stable home. He feels that he has children, even if he knows that's just fantasy. But he feels that his father has been far more destructive than he has. And that his father also trashed his grandmother, trashed his mother, his father, and the country. You were, you were too young, but in 1994, when Harry, when Charles wrote that book and did that interview, go Google the, the headlines back then. They wanted yeah. Charles to abdicate. And he, Charles did it one week prior to the Queen making that historical visit to Russia, which was incredibly historical. But what, what was the press talking about? Oh, I wasn't faithful to my wife. Charles, my mom and my dad were horrible. They sent me to that school. The country sucks because he attacked the country as well. The problem is that back then we didn't have internet. Yeah. And people have very short memories. So I've heard people defending Charles. There's nothing, you know, and that's what really bothers me that they try to manipulate or create a narrative. His friendship with Jimmy Savile, with Peter Ball the cash for, for honors. So I do believe that Harry feels, hey, do you remember when the cash for honors scandal broke and, and Charles and Harry was put, there was an article where Charles said, um, where, where Harry told Charles not to take that money, that he was distancing himself from that? No. I mean, again, yeah, I'm, when I'm, that scandal broke, Harry published, well, his PR published an email where Harry told that because that same guy had approached Harry and Harry didn't want to have anything to do with that. And Harry sent an email to Charles or to the organization saying that he didn't think it was a good idea for them to be associated. So that was leaked. Damn. That was to put Harry, that was Harry's message of saying, I am better than you are because I didn't take that money. I yeah. take my money otherwise, but at least I didn't take it that way. Do you think with all of that resentment, with all of the, I know you've done worse, and the, the, the mental state of Harry, right? Do you think with all of that added up, 
seeing how close and the relationship and things like that with William, with his dad, do you think that just adds to the set, like the the friction between the brothers? Because you'd think that they would be united, but they're they're polar opposites on so much. You know, I thought about that. That's a good question. You know, I thought about that. I thought, you know, that Harry, I can't kind of understand because I'm Latina. I'm Canadian Latina. We don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, kidding aside. I would, I think that Harry's angry at William for this fact, that he feels betrayed by William in the fact that I think he believes that William has sold out their mother. Although Harry, don't get me wrong, Harry's exploiting Princess Diana's memory. He's selling it right and making millions of his mother's dead memory. You know, and I mean, instead of letting her be quiet, he has this stalker, crazy stalker he married, you know, basically trying to impersonate his mother. But but I really do believe there's a sentence that Harry said one time, it wasn't in the book or anything, this is quite back then, that I believe that he didn't, he thought that William was going to lock him up yeah. when Charles tried to marry Camilla or support Camilla in that sense. William didn't do it. William just simply said, you know what? This is what it is. Let's just back him up. I think that's where Harry feels self-betrayed. Because one of the things that I do I do understand, you know, I do understand this from Harry when he said he promised he wasn't gonna marry her. And they begged him not to marry her. And I believe that William also begged him not to marry her. Yeah. I really do believe and I that's one thing I will give Harry. I do believe that's a catalyst for his resentment, that his father was willing to legitimize the suffering of his mother and the dissolution of their family yeah. by marrying this woman. And again, I don't believe Charles married Camilla out of love. I think it's like, nobody tells me what to do. I said, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be done. So I do, I will give Harry that, because I would have been pissed. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. I mean, I don't even know why he went to the to the wedding. I think he went because he was pressured by the queen and by the father, and because of a sense of love still for your father. Uh, and he's not that bright. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was doing drugs. But um, I think he regrets going to that wedding because, in a sense, it was Charles has conducted a brutal PR. And I will do Harry this. Charles has used his kids and manipulating them to making it look like they give their blessing to that union and they're the popular opinion behind this. Like, Wait a minute, if the kids aren't willing to forgive them, why can't we? Yeah. But it's clear. If you notice that William didn't bow to Camilla. Neither did their children at the concert. Did you see that when Camilla walked in? They bowed to Charles, but they turned their backs. I mean, and in the little yeah. movies that 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 Prince William has been putting out. You barely see Camilla. Yeah. It's all about William Catherine and Charles. You see the coronation, but you don't see Camilla being there. You see the the, the, the carriage of the coronation, but you don't see Charles or Camilla. You see the balcony shot from afar in Charles mostly and then them. Interesting. That's one to keep an eye on. I think uh, as time goes by, resentment grows and we'll see who's who boils over first with the with the public statements and interviews and books one last thing before we sort of wind this down is william's wife kate right 
She seems to always be very picturesque, very perfect in the public eye. She's done a really good job of uh, being a royal, I guess. Do you think that there's always going to be this comparison of the two brothers' wives? You know, one, one marries and then the next marries and there's, there's such a catastrophic difference. Where do you think William's wife stands in all of this? Do you think that she is just forever going to be um, by her husband's side throughout all of this? Or do you think that she quietly screams into a pillow in the evenings wondering how the hell she got herself into this? She would never have seen this coming. No one could have seen Meghan coming. So do you think um, it's going to have an effect on William and, and Kate? People have speculated that there's no way that she could have possibly have foreseen the mess of the royal family in 2023 when she stepped into and married uh, Prince William. You got any thoughts on that at all? Well, I think that Catherine kind of saw this from the moment Megan came in and she prepared herself. Yeah. She's, uh, I think that the royal family knew all about Megan. The royal family is very stable to Soho House. Their ties go way further down than people can think of. In fact, Charles is the only club that Charles has ever opened, you know, was the, the Soho, one of the Soho House, because he's very good friends with the owner, uh, Andrew, uh, Sarah Ferguson, the York girls. I mean, everybody, they all are very good friends, and the house of Soho House is very deep. So they knew who Meghan Markle was. Yeah. I don't think Catherine, I think Catherine tried to give her the benefit of the doubt, but Meghan saw that as weakness when Catherine tried to be nice. And Catherine at a certain point, she knew. I mean, anybody, I wasn't even around the girl. And when I saw her the first time in, in November or something, like, what the hell is that girl? It gave me bad vibes. I'm pretty sure that they were brief, very, very, they knew who she was. Yeah. And they tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I think that this is why Catherine was cautious and didn't kept her distance, which is one of the things that Meghan Markle said. You know, she she's resentful of the fact that she wasn't best thing with Catherine yep. to begin with. So I think she's prepared for it. I think she feels betrayed by Harry. But she did course, that yeah. one she didn't see coming. That how Harry would react and trash her because they were really, really close, at least publicly. Yeah. And when Harry spoke of her, it seemed genuine. How the affection, the love, you know, it was very spontaneous. His face was lit up. The interaction public, which was very genuine, very, you know, caring, uh, very easygoing. I think that that part she didn't see coming, and that hurt her. I don't think she's angry. I think that, of course, she's angry after everything, but sure. you know, but mostly, I think she's she was disappointed. I think she's moved on from this because she seems like a practical lady. Yeah, I think she's definitely over it now. But it's it's just an interesting dynamic because you I mean you when you marry into a family and something catastrophic happens, whether it's regular people and you know the, the crazy uncle or you know the, the mad stepdad, it's difficult to kind of recover from it. And this is. I think she's bounced back fantastic, I have to say. And I don't know too much uh, in-depth with the royal history or whatever, but she seems to have done really, really well. And honestly, I just think today we have smashed this, Paula. I think for a, <laughs> for a first chat with us, I think we've done, we've covered a lot of ground today. And Tomorrow I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch the, the, the award. Maybe I get the award tomorrow from Gloria Steinem. So I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's it. It's, it's uh, what was it you said earlier? It's one of the uh, the more sort of vapid awards that she goes and collects, and her and her PR machine trundles on. Oh, I've lost you again, Paula. It's a shameful day when Gloria Steinem, who's got deep ties to the CIA, is given a, an award, an, a made-up award, to Meghan Markle for empowering women when Meghan Markle has bullied everybody. I mean, this yeah. is a woman who's like a grenade. Everywhere she goes, she destroys things. She fragments everything. There's nothing positive about her, nothing empowering. Yet Gloria Steinem is lending her name to this travesty, to the charade, to this mockery of real woman empowerment. Yeah, 100%. And hey, listen, it's happening tomorrow. This may be out by then. It may not be out by then. But Paula, listen, thank you so, so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, what you've got coming up. Have you got any more interviews? And tell us about your next bit of content on uh, your own channel. Yes. If you can leave my link below, that'd be great. My, my, my YouTube channel is Paula Paula and Paula PM. You can go Google me there, or you can check, click on the link on the YouTube channel. I have Princess Coffee are doing an interview on Wednesday. We're going to talk about she's a big. She has a to die for a daily blog. She's a big Diana fan, and we're going to talk about her coronation. But she's on the coronation the positive and negatives of okay. people, what actual people we're talking about in the street. And oh, we're going to awesome. discuss the, um, the the award that Meghan Markle has bought. bought. You know? yeah. So we're going to be talking about it with Kinsey Schofield on Wednesday at 12 p.m. California time. So Wicked. Yeah. Well, go and check Paula out. And thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you again for our next Royal Update conversations on the Sean Atwood channel. Thank you very much. And for me, Ron Swanson, as always, be safe out there, guys. <laughs>